Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at mon3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hello friends, Monica here. Welcome back to my latest episode of Maiden Speech. Now, I was so fortunate to have Michelle Hall come on from Sage Wellness in Auckland. And this, this particular podcast is all about eating, diets, weight loss, all that fun stuff that we love to do. Um, but her approach is very much in terms of intuition, it's all based from her own experience where at 17 she went to Germany for a year, came back, had almost doubled her body weight. So it's all about that very intuitive approach of listening to your body, the self-worth bit, the self-love bit, the holistic stuff, instead of the running on a treadmill, the controlling, the manipulating, the weighing everything, the counting every calorie, everything. I got so much out of this with her. She has so many incredible insights to share. I hope you guys enjoy it so, so much. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. I wish everyone could see your top because I actually really mm. want one. Where did <laughs> you get that from? <laughs> Do you know that everybody who sees this top says that? Yes. <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's one of those tops. It's from <laughs> Dick Juba, I think is how you say it. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Dick Juba yeah. or something. Dick. Yeah. 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 Um, I love that everyone has something like that in their wardrobe that when you put it on like if you're having a bad day you just chuck it on and everyone tells you how great you are absolutely that's yeah. it yeah this is one of those <laughs> yes. but I'm not having a bad day <laughs> well not obviously you're on the podcast life today um, that's right thank you so much for your time oh you're welcome thank I'm you. actually really excited about this because I've gone a lot into <laughs> we talk a lot about you know the mindset and the kind of internal stuff, but actually to have this component of nutrition, eating, psychology, I think mm. is going to be so beneficial. And I also feel like it's one of those things that we don't really talk about. Um, mm-hmm. I remember being so excited when I met you, like, oh my gosh, there's actually someone doing this because there's so much of like, you hear all about the, the nutrition and the, the diet industry and the go to a trainer and sweat and hustle and all that. But actually you know, so much of what I focus on too is the internal, but why do we do that? What's the problem? So, yeah. so excited. I've got my <laughs> notebook ready, notes. Um, so could you tell us about how you got into this, where it all started for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so gosh, um, it probably all started when I was about 17, actually, and I went on an exchange to Germany and um, really got put into a family, a host family that didn't want to have me, but had to have me. So they made my life um, pretty unpleasant. And at 17, really young, this was before the internet, before mobile phones, so couldn't communicate with family, had no real support. Um, And so I managed my homesickness, my loneliness, my fear, all of my emotion through food. I just started eating my way through my exchange, essentially. Um, And that was my coping mechanism. 
because I didn't know how to deal with what I was facing, really. So I just ate. So I, I really developed a bad eating, a bad relationship with food and doubled my weight um, and came back from Germany a year later, obviously unrecognisable, but more than that, you know, just really, really unhealthy relationships with food, which I carried on for a really long time. So I would yo-yo, I would diet, lose some weight, get into a stressful situation or emotional situation and just eat my way through it again. And so I just kept on going on this, this real roller coaster of weight gain, weight loss, and could never find the solution. You know, I saw a lot of different people. I saw a lot of, I saw nutritionists and dietitians. I did hypnotherapy. I did every diet under the sun, you name it, I did it. Um, and nothing was sustainable for me because every time I faced any kind of emotion I couldn't deal with, I just ate my way through it. So um, it really came to the crunch um, when I was trying to have kids and had miscarriages and things like that. And I, and I just kind of realized that so I had to find something else. So I just started doing my own research and found eating psychology. And then it was just like these light bulbs going off. It was actually, now I understand why I do what I do. It's not, it's not about eating more broccoli and more kale and more, you know, it's not about so much the food. It's actually understanding the why. So once I could do that and learn techniques and tools to be able to support me um the weight all came off stayed off forever um it's been a sustainable shift and i in the meantime was doing another role um totally unrelated to to eating psychology and then realized that in fact that wasn't lighting me up at all anymore and that i was really really passionate about helping others um, and hopefully helping others to not have to go through, you know, 25 years like I did <laughs> of not being able to get where they wanted to go. So I just decided that it was time, having done years of study, um, to turn it into a business to help other people. And that's how I got here. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. do you think, and I'm going to make it like super simple for a sec, just mm. myself, you know, work with me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you feel now, like your approach to eating and food and stuff, it feels easy? Yes, completely. Oh. Completely. So um, I used to fear eating in a way. Um, and I know a lot of my clients do too. They actually fear food because it just stresses them out in terms of, do I eat this? Do I not eat this? Do I count these calories? Is this going to put on weight? You know, all of those kinds of things are going through your head. Um, and so now uh, eating is easy and maintaining my weight is easy um, because what I do is help people to actually tap into their own body wisdom. So it becomes really natural for them to be able to read their body and know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I'm just writing that down. Tap into your own body wisdom. There'll be several things that you say that I'll think that could be the name of this podcast. I'll probably write a whole book. <laughs> but I love that, right? Because I feel like, mm. um, and me, you know, being someone who's done exactly the same thing, a thousand different diets, up, down, yo-yo, blah, 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 blah. It's like everyone's telling you that, not to listen to yourself, that you don't know what's best. You should control, manage, force, um, manipulate yourself into Absolutely. doing this, this, and this. And it doesn't, it goes against everything, you know, I'm big into personal development and it's all about listen to your own intuition. You already know what's best for you. So like, 
it's not a surprise to me. You must just change people's lives because it's like, oh, it's um this diet thing. And I think all the shame and stuff that's attached mm-hmm. to it as well. It's like every time that you aren't successful, it's like, of course you're not successful. It's all willpower, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And and it's actually, it's got nothing to do with willpower. And, and, and that's where people come really unstuck. Yeah. And they have this, you know, they continue in this circle of, of going on a diet, trying, 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 then falling off, beating themselves up, that self-abuse, you know, and then trying again. Yeah. And um, it's, it's not about willpower at all. It's about learning how to eat. Yeah. There's, there's ways to eat and, and just understanding why you eat. Yeah. Um, and find, you know, there's no, if there was a diet or a way of eating that fitted everybody, you know, if I knew that we'd all, would be millionaires right because that's what everybody's looking for but just because one way of eating works for one person doesn't mean it works for everybody and that's why people get so disappointed because they hear about keto or paleo or whatever the latest diet is and think they've seen someone do it and it worked really well for them so therefore it's going to work really well for me too but in fact there are so many other factors that influence weight that you know, it, it may very well not work. And then they just get disappointed and they fall off the wagon and they start that perpetual cycle of self-abuse again. Yeah. So um, I, yeah, it's it's very, very important to me to, you know, firstly get people not even looking at what the latest trends are and what the latest diets are and looking internally mm. instead of externally. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I was having a chat with my friend about this in the weekend, actually, mm-hmm. how for years I've been told that for my body type, I should be low carb, low carb, low carb, keto, da, 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 da. So that's kind of been the thing, right? The up, down, up, down. But then what I used to find was that I used to, like when I was training for runs, I used to run, you know, 10Ks four times a week. Mm. I would be exhausted because mm. I wasn't actually getting the, like the carbs that I needed. Yes. And because they restrict so much, like you're not allowed to eat vegetables, you know, you're not yes. allowed to eat fruit. And so guess what? I'd get off a treadmill and I'd be like, oh, and I'd want to eat chocolate. That's what yeah. I want to eat. And I'm like, this can't be good. But I was talking to my friend in the weekend about how, um, so yeah, I did the low carb thing for years and years and years on off, on off. Mm. And, um, and then I tried this thing called Whole30, mm-hmm. which is good yeah. because it's, you know, it's whole foods and stuff. And what mm-hmm. I noticed was that I had permission to eat vegetables, right? And I was chatting to my naturopath friend about this because all I wanted to eat was orange foods, carrots, right. pumpkin, oranges, all <laughs> yes. things that you're not allowed to eat, but actually all things that my body was just like, yes. And I just ate roasted like trays of carrots and pumpkin <laughs> and went to town, oranges for every meal, like I'm like, isn't that so interesting that my body was just like hanging out for orange foods, but I hadn't given myself permission to eat what I actually knew that I needed. Yes. (laughs) And that's the problem. You know, our bodies are super duper bio computers, right? They know a lot more than we do. (laughs) And they, that's their way. They do talk to us. Our bodies talk to us. And, you know, we get these symptoms such as weight gain or weight loss resistance or fatigue or digestive upset upset or appetite deregulation. All of those things are symptoms. They're telling us, that's our body's way of saying, hey, something's going on here that's not working for me. So you craving those is because your body didn't have the nutrients it needed from those vegetables that it really really wanted yeah so you know our bodies talk to us but we're so quick to 
push that voice down and not listen to it because externally we're being told, well, don't eat carbs, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that, do this, do that. And, you know, it's a, it's a very, the, the diet world is quite, uh, and this isn't a sexist um, statement, but it's quite a masculine approach to weight loss and that what you said, you know, you've got to punish yourself, you've got to work out really hard, you've got to count your calories, you've got to hit that number on the scale. Mm. We need to up the feminine approach more, which is that internal approach we've talked about, you know, nourishing ourselves rather than punishing ourselves, nurturing ourselves, listening to ourselves, um, taking on that feedback and learning from it. Um, So it's kind of balancing out that that masculine and feminine approach really which which we need to do more of yeah Mm. i love that and what i'm gonna ask so many questions now (laughs) that's okay but um because i know we've talked about this before when i first met you in terms of like the inner stuff the self-worth component and all that kind Mm. of thing because Mm. i love what you were saying before around yeah like we fall off the bandwagon and then we have this yeah this shame we beat ourselves up and all that Mm. kind of thing so when you're working with people Mm. um what's your kind of process for building people up? Because do you feel like actually you've got to, the, the, even the word nourish, I love that word because it implies mm. to me self-love. Like you're taking care of yourself. Mm. You're doing it because you're worthy of it. Mm. You, you should feel good, you know, mm, as, opposed, as opposed to I'm not good enough. I need to lose weight. Like no, I actually deserve to look after myself because I'm already enough, no matter what I actually look like. So yeah. what's your kind of thought process around that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I do a lot of work around that area because a lot of people I see um, really do lack that self-worth and that self-confidence and, you know, really poor body image. So um, it's really first about what I call embodiment. So it's actually getting back into your body, so moving out of your head and actually starting to feel your body. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, don't think how you feel, feel how you feel. And you, because you can't, you know, you can't change from a place of hate and from a place of force. You actually have to change from a place of love. So it's about slowly helping people to get in tune with their body and going, okay, this is where I'm at now. May not be where I want to be yet, but this is me and this is where I am. And to change, I have to be in it, right? So I work with people to, to slowly start to come around to the terms that this is where they're at. And when people can do that, they relax. Because what we do when we um, self-hate, self-loathe, punish, is, is really stress our nervous system out. So really raising that fight or flight response essentially which all that does is puts your body into a into a state of okay I'm in a bit of a panic mode I need to hold on to all my calories because I don't know when I'm going to get you know what's going to happen I need to deregulate my appetite I need to you know your digestion then gets upset Um, you store fat and you don't build muscle so all we're doing in those when we create what's called the self-chosen stressors um, is, is up our stress response. Now, in order to heal, in order to shapeshift our body, we need to be in a relaxation response in our parasympathetic nervous system dominance. So I um, work with people to really start to relax and slow that down, get in their bodies, and then the magic happens. Like it actually just happens on its own. It's a bit like I liken it to people who they're trying to have a baby and they can't. 
and they try and they try and they try and they do everything they possibly can and they get so stressed about it and then they just get to the point where they just give up because it's too hard and then they get pregnant yeah weight loss is very similar to that <laughs> so hating yourself hating your body hating the way you feel hating the way you look um, won't get you to where you want to go. So it's about shifting the mindset, which I do a lot of work with people on that, yeah. and learning to, you know, we, we learn to, because for a lot of people, there's no joy in their life. So it's about, okay, well, what things bring you up? What things do you love to do? What things do you enjoy? Let's start doing these on a daily basis to really start to live your life. Um, and then once, and, and it's, you know, it's things like movement, it might be like yoga or Pilates or bushwalking or whatever floats the boat, dancing. Um, and, and, and then once we can incorporate those really important actions and activities that bring them up, we can start to shape shift. But um, it takes time and it takes work. It's, a, it's really, it's, I don't do it, but my clients do it. You know, that I just ask the questions to get them thinking about where they need to go. So it's, it's, a, it's a really lovely process, though, because then people realise, um, you know, how important. It's not just all about the food and what they're eating, um, but it's about what's off the plate as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting process. I bet, yeah. Oh, I love the way... I, yeah, I love the way that you talk about this because it just feels, um, I feel like you would give people freedom, like you'd actually mm -hmm. give people their lives back because I think so many of us are trapped in that, that mm -hmm. cycle and yeah, they're trying to be better and then they're failing and then they're kind of trying again yeah. and but, you know, it's like, it just doesn't, and I love what you say about finding your joy because actually you want to have the energy and the confidence within yourself so that you can go and do all these other things that you love and not be so Absolutely. fixated on. And like, that's the number one thing, you know, as a photographer, it's the number one thing people talk to me about. Can you take 20 kgs off me? I'll come to you when I've lost weight. And this, this connection that we have between how much weight we have and our worth. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's about getting that worth back at whatever weight, shape or size you are. Yeah. Um, you're still worthy. So that's such an important point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, people have these what I call toxic nutritional beliefs, you know, uh, I will be happy when I'm 50 kilos, for example, yeah. you know, um, and it's like, no, no, you can actually be happy now. You don't have to wait <laughs> until that point, you know, get to the end game now and start it now. And that's when you start to see things change. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right. It is about giving them permission and releasing all of those controls. People put such tight controls on themselves about, you know, what they can eat and what they can't eat and what time to eat. And, and you know, that also just shifts that nervous system, you know, up 10 gears um, and just keeps on doing the opposite of what people actually want to do. Um, yeah. So releasing those toxic beliefs, you know, less calories and more exercise equals weight loss. You know, or my appetite is my enemy or food is the enemy. All of those things that we tell ourselves that are so toxic. So being able to release those and let those rules go. Because when we have control and such tight control, it's all about perfectionism, right? And when we're trying to, we can't be perfect. No one is perfect at all. But in that search for, 
perfectionism around the corner from that is self-abuse. So it's, it's, you're not going to get anywhere by creating that cycle and keeping on trying to control perfect self-abuse. So we need to stop that cycle essentially. So that's what I work with my clients on. Yeah. I love that. So what are some of the ways that you work with people around relaxation and actually, you know, I love that because I'm like, surely in our our society now, there must be so much stress. And I know Dr. Libby talks about this heaps as well, you know, Mm. the actual impact on the body. And even, even things like just knowing that you've got emails in your phone the stress that we then put on ourselves, that we've got to respond, we've got to do all this yeah, stuff. And it's yeah. like we're constantly putting all this stress and pressure on ourselves, but we haven't, like as things have changed, you know, like she was saying 10 years ago, you couldn't get emails on mm. your phone, which we can no. now, but we haven't actually figured out a way to, you know, we haven't adapted. We haven't created new solutions to get rid of that stress. So we're just taking it on with no way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And it feels like it's it's just getting worse, doesn't it? You know, it feels to me like there's just more and more and more stress and, and expectation being, you know, put on us. Yeah. Um, I do think actually with COVID that that has shifted a little bit. I know for a lot of people, they felt for some anyway, they felt their stress levels definitely dropped um, yeah. because the expectation changed. But I think it's about it's about how you approach it, right? And, you know, we all have stress in our lives. It's just a given, whether it's financial, whether it's um, family, children. Um, So we we need to find ways. And I just work with my clients to find ways that works best with them. So again, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's really looking at each person's life and going, okay, what do we need to do to best support you to get to a point of relaxation? You know, is it... you know, if, if it's a busy mum with three children, is it finding a babysitter that can, you know, look after your children twice a week to give you an hour to go and do something else? Um, you know, for some people, they end up changing jobs mm. because they get to that realisation that, in fact, that's not the right role for them. And you can just see the stress just lift, you know, as soon as they make that connection. For some people... They move out of home, you know, they're, they're in their 20s, but they're still living with their parents, and that's incredibly stressful for them, and they make that decision to move out of home. Um, and then, but, but I'm very big on scheduling uh, self-care, so doing something for yourself every day that may just, that may be a, you know, bath or just having some quiet time to yourself or doing whatever it is that makes you feel good um, is really, really important. Um, as is movement and when I say movement I'm I'm not saying exercise as such I'm saying finding something that feels good for you so for some people that may be running for other people that may be dancing that may be walking that may be swimming any kind of movement that feels good for you is really really important to do on a regular basis yeah. Um, it really, really does help. The other thing, which sounds really simple, is breathing, because a lot of us actually don't breathe properly. So we start, you know, we do that kind of really shallow breathing mm-hmm. that really gets our heart rate up. Um, and so being really mindful about breathing regularly <laughs> and mm-hmm. practicing that throughout the day. And I'd say one of the big areas I work with people, and this is one tip I'll say to you, if if you do nothing else, is to slow down when you eat. 
So for many, many of us, we're incredibly fast eaters. We speed eat through our food and often we eat and then we think, oh, I'm still hungry. You know, I could eat the entire meal again because with speed eating, you've, you've skipped half of your digestive process, which is in your brain. That's the first part of digestion. So um, really slowing down when we eat, doubling the time it takes to eat. Um, gives our head brain enough time to talk to our gut brain and communicate and say, yeah, we're full. And it also keeps our relaxation response working so it doesn't push us into a stress response. So um, really, really important to eat really slowly, breathe, put your knife and fork down between mouthfuls, you know, really take your time. And you actually become conscious and aware of what you're eating. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I've eaten, I haven't even really connected that, you know, what have I even tasted? I don't even think I tasted it. Um, So we become a lot more in tune with our food. Yeah. Is that why people say you shouldn't watch TV while you're eating dinner? Because you just zone out. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) and it's really hard, you know, slow eating and, and, and uninterrupted eating is hard to do. It's a practice, you know? Um, But I do try to recommend to my clients, don't eat in front of the TV, eat at a table, eat in a nice setting, you know, set it up for yourself. Um, Eat with family if, you have family at home, um, but but really try to eat without distraction. Yeah. Um, and you actually find, you know, a lot of them come back and go, oh, God, I couldn't even eat half my meal. You know, I realized that I was actually full. Yeah. But I was able to hear that <laughs> because I wasn't distracted and I wasn't speed eating. Um, yeah. Yeah. I read, yeah. a, um, I read a book by Paul McKenna once mm-hmm. about this sort of thing. And there was a study in it that I think was in Switzerland where they blindfolded everyone. And just to show how when you actually can't see your food, people were eating a significant less amount, you know? Yes. And it's like, so it is interesting, I guess, how we kind of have these ideas in our head of how much we actually need and based on what it looks like as opposed to how it feels. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's critical. It's a critical part of the process. So yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you've given your top tip that you wish everyone knew, which is slow down. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds really ridiculous. Doesn't it, it doesn't. No, but I love that. I think this is this is the power of your message is that it's very intuitive. It's coming back to mm. basics because I mm. think that and all the noise and the clutter, everyone's so confused. And so even just sitting here now and I was thinking, should I ask you what to eat? And I was like, you know the diet part of my brain going, but what should we eat? But yeah. it's, um, I actually do want to ask you that. But mm. in the sense that if you're working with someone, mm. where do you actually begin in terms of kind mm. of that? You know, when people go, what do I eat though? What yeah, do you sure. say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so of course I get asked that a lot and I get asked to write meal plans for people. And, um, so what I say to that is, is let's work on you figuring out what you want to eat. But I do start, I always start at nutrition. So I do look at what people eat. I definitely go through a dietary consult and understand what they're eating and at what time they're eating because um, the the meal timing is quite critical in terms of metabolism. So I do look at what times they eat. But um, then, you know, I, I, I really work first on a macronutrient 
basis. So just making sure they've got a really lovely balance of macros. So for a lot of people, for example, breakfast will just be carbohydrates and there'll be no protein or fat. So it's really, really important. I see so many people that are essentially fatty acid deficient, mm -hmm. which means if they don't get their healthy fats, which are things like avocado, nuts and seeds, coconut oil, you know, all those good oils, mm -hmm. um, they're more likely to crave later in the day. So if yeah. they don't get their protein and fat in the morning and at lunchtime, they're going to binge often in the afternoon and after dinner. Mm. But if they get that nice balance going, they generally find that they're satisfied and their blood sugar levels are, are maintained and balanced. So I definitely look at making sure people have a really nice balance of <clears throat> proteins and fats. Um, and then, you know, obviously we all kind of know what food is good for us, right? We all, we all know, you know, veggies are great and eat more plant-based foods. Um, so I think it's about just, just trying to support clients to make whatever choices are good for them. But we work on very much an 80-20 rule, you know, because we've talked about perfectionism. None of us are perfect. So I'm all about my clients having freedom. If they want to go and eat that ice cream, go and eat the ice cream. But eat the best quality ice cream you can eat and really enjoy it. <laughs> Come from a place of enjoyment, not a place of, oh, I shouldn't be eating this. This is not good for me. This is going to put on weight, you know. I make sure all of my clients eat the best quality food they can afford um, because quality makes a really big difference um, and eat it with enjoyment. So <clears throat> it's really, really about balance yeah. at the end of the day. So a question around that. If mm. you were to, let's say, you were to go, you're watching TV, mm -hmm. you smash, like, I don't even know, half a, a thing of tip-top jelly yeah. tip ice cream, <laughs> and then you feel terrible and you beat yourself up and you think, how many calories and how many hours am I going to have to run this weekend? What kind of stress response does that have on the body? Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. So that's the worst thing you can do. And all it will do is signal to your body to hold on to all those calories and not burn them and not do anything with them. So the best thing you can do is actually plan it, you know, like go, okay, I'm going to on Friday night, have whatever it is that I want to have and, and plan it, put it all on your favorite plates, you know, make it a thing and, and really, really enjoy it. And that will signal the body to actually relax and process. So um, it's, it's, it's important to be able to give yourself that permission um, because otherwise all you'll do is you'll restrict, 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 and then you'll binge because yeah. you can't, you can only restrict for a certain amount of time. So by actually giving yourself that permission to go, okay, I can have this, you know, a couple of times a week, I'm going to, I'm going to have whatever it is that is my thing. And um, that way it's just a normal part of everyday life. It's sustainable. You know, I love donuts. Donuts are just my thing. They've, <laughs> they've just always been my thing. And I think I have donuts quite regularly because I allow myself that yeah. <laughs> and and know that you know 80% of the time I'm, I'm eating pretty nourishing food um, yeah. so it's you know letting go of the of the rules a little bit is, is really important yeah 
do you find that as you mm. like in terms of the psychology point of view mm. when you allow yourself permission and you know that there's no restriction do you mm. find that you actually just naturally want a lot less of those things correct and also because i guess because you're coming at your life from this place of looking after yourself already the mm. void that that was actually filling is no longer Correct. an issue is that yeah <laughs> yeah so we generally you know we numb out with food yeah. <laughs> food is an emotional substitute for something else going on in our lives so i do work with people to um understand okay what's triggering that so it may be that um you know, something happened, you know, for example, I'll use myself, you know, when I was 17 and went on that exchange, that's what really triggered my unhealthy relationship with food. So unwinding that and, and identifying what that is, we work through it. You know, um, some people need to do more work than others, depending on what it is. And so we can work through that and then actually understand, yeah, I was just trying to numb out and go unconscious essentially because I didn't want to deal with the emotion and the feeling and the situation that was coming up for me. So by unraveling that, we can then start to shift the need to rely on food to make us feel better. Um, because food is food is tangible and emotional is intangible. You actually can't heal <laughs> something intangible with something tangible, right? So um, it's about really it, connecting the dots and understanding why they do that and then knowing that they don't need to numb out with food. They can actually face it. They can actually face whatever that emotion is and work through it. Yeah. yeah. And then you're much less... You, yes, you're absolutely right. You, you're much less inclined to need to go to the packet of Tim Tams and, you know, mm. yeah. I guess too, like you say, you know, talking about macros and stuff like that, from a, you know, biological level, if you're actually getting everything that you need, um, mm. you're less likely to crave stuff anyway, right? <laughs> totally, totally. And that's why I do a lot of work around that because, yeah, if you've got a good balance, you just you don't even think about food. You know, you eat your meal and then you move on to whatever else you're doing and food isn't even an issue. So if you get that right, that's a good thing. So what's your stance Mm. on, you know, calories as such? Mm. Like coming from a dieter. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Calories are great. (laughs) Um, So no, I don't, I don't count calories. (laughs) Um, All that does is messes with your head. It makes you feel like you're not worthy. I mean, obviously healthy fats are higher in calories, Yeah. you know? So there's, there's really no need to, for, for, for pretty much all of us, there's really no need to ever have to count calories. Um, count nutrients, you know, count, well, actually you don't count anything, but just look at, you know, what, what food am I eating? Is this going to nourish me or is this going to punish me? There's, there's absolutely no need. I also don't weigh people generally or ever. Oh my God, that's (laughs) so awesome. Yeah. So I do what what (laughs) I call the no diet diet where we get rid of the scales. (laughs) So (laughs) I would rather they they throw them away (laughs) because all scales do is, is dictate your self-worth for the day. You know, if you get on and it's gone down, you're like, wow, that's great. But then if it goes up, you know, it can ruin your day. And I have so many clients, you know, 
you just you you even flow for so many different reasons that weight is just a number it actually means nothing mm. so I really really encourage my clients to let go of the scales and get in with their body um, get used to you know the feel of their clothes or the way they look in a mirror if they want to judge progress without it needing a number because a number means nothing really yeah. at the end of the day so yeah, that is that. so good too. Oh, mm. I just feel all the stress coming off. Um, <laughs> and actually it reminds me, so there's a hypnotherapist that I've worked with for years, amazing, amazing coach. And he talks mm. about the scales thing as well. And he says, what you should do is um, write the number that you want to see, stick mm. it on and stand on it. And every morning look at it because yeah. it doesn't actually make sense does it that we would get on and look at what we don't want every day and focus on that and feel it and feel terrible or it doesn't oh, make sense it, no. it makes zero sense we don't no. want to create that so why would we focus on that i know but so many people do it they still do it you know and then they say yeah. you know i want to be 50 kilos well when were you 50 kilos or when i was 15 and now they're 45 and i'm like well no that's that's just not going to happen. You know, it doesn't work that way. So let's just let that all go. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so freeing to let the scales go. Yeah. It really is. Do you think that the scales thing, I mean, actually it feels part of that masculine thing you were saying, which is Absolutely. about that control. Mm. Like you can't control what you don't measure. Like how many times <laughs> yeah. have you heard that sort of thing? Yes. Yeah. You know, the um, yeah. measure your Absolutely. macros and weigh your proteins and yes. this and this and this. And it's like, Ooh. Oh, it's so stressful. It is. It's just so stressful. It's <laughs> <laughs> like your whole life is overrun by thinking and obsessing. And it's like, I don't actually want my life to be filled up with, oh my God, I've got to have a snack. It's been two hours. And then other yes. people say, no, intermittent fasting. You should only eat twice a day. <laughs> no, you should eat six times a day. You should be eating this, this, and this. No, you shouldn't. Like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> There's just so much noise yeah. out there. It is so confusing. And I totally get that. And I get people that come in and go, I just don't know what to do. You know, yeah. I just, I just don't know what to do because there's so much conflicting advice. Yeah. And so that's why it's so important to get to know your own body. And it's, it's all experimentation, right? We do something, if it doesn't work, we'll try something else. But, you know, because what works for you may not work for me at all. Mm. Um, so we really need to just let go of the noise, let go of all the media, let go of everything everybody's saying and just do you, what works for you. And, and you can find that. Yeah. Totally. Do you, yeah. um, I love that. Just do you, do you think that, okay. In terms of our belief systems around this sort of thing, Mm. Do you think that most people think that weight loss and being healthy and stuff is a struggle and is really hard? Mm. Yeah, for a lot, I do. So I do. I think for a lot of us, um, that is the case. I think mm. it's it's been, you know, it's a combination of depending on what kind of household you grew up in. So mm. for, for a lot of women, particularly, I see that grew up in a dieting mentality household. Um, it's become their way of thinking. So it's hard, you know, their mums have counted their calories or just not eaten at all, <laughs> as the yeah. case may be. And, and, you know, so they've been brought up in that and, and so they have that way of thinking. Um, and then combine that with the media that we have, um, you know, and that I need, you know, hard work and slogging it out at the gym and, and all of those kinds of things are the only way you're really, really going to get results. Um, 
it's it's a real challenge it's a real and it's a challenge to let that go um so but but it's also an important one to let go because as soon as you can let that go you actually see the shift so um it's a, it's a really interesting area to work with clients on because for a lot of people it's so deeply ingrained yes in them. yes so yeah it and can, it kind of makes you think too you know even just talking about like it's been interesting observing how I feel even through this conversation, mm. but just like to actually not have that, yeah, that intense, like mm. got to hold on and mm. I've got to cut this many calories and then I'll lose one kg and it like <laughs> it's sacrifice and it's punishment. It just makes you actually feel like you can actually feel the stress in your yes. body just at the yes. feel of it. Yes. But it kind of, um, it makes you think, Hmm. Yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> no, it's not. And as I said, you know, that, that stress, that, um, what we call sympathetic nervous system dominance, that fight or flight, that if we, when we live in that, which a lot of us do, we live in that low-grade stress response through the things we tell ourselves, through the punishment we put on our bodies, um, we, we, all we do is hold on to our calories, you know, all we do is hold on to our fat stores, um, upset our, our digestion and, and not build muscle and not burn the calories and not be effective in our metabolism that's what we're doing when we get into that that's physiologically the way our bodies are designed you know yeah. from back in the day when we needed to go into that fight or flight to run away from the tiger or from whatever was chasing us our bodies are designed to do that but only for three to five minutes yeah <laughs> and, and then we're supposed to calm down but for us we do it every day you know yeah. we, we do it consistently and that's why often I get clients that have gone through the fight or flight for many 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 years and then they go through the feed response <laughs> which is you know let's eat everything in sight and then they get to freeze which is where they just have a complete breakdown um, because their bodies have gone okay enough is enough um, so then that's actually a good thing. You know, sometimes you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. Yeah. And so it's, it's, then it's, you know, taking the learnings and being able to move forward with that. Um, so yeah, the stress, I work a lot in the area of stress management. Um, yeah. yeah, which is an alternative approach to weight, I guess, a weight loss, but, um, an effective one. Mm. Mm. What kind of impact does, you know, years of dieting have on your metabolism? Mm. Yeah, good <laughs> and your question. Psyche, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> really good question coming. <laughs> yeah, for someone I've done, yeah, I've had that same problem. Um, it's, it's tough, you know, I won't lie. It definitely does run its toll on the body. Yeah. Um, I think, but probably more so the psyche. So it's, it's, the body will respond in due course, but the body will do what it wants to do when it wants to do it. Yeah. So working on the psyche and the emotional state is, is most important. Mm. Um, and then the body can follow generally is the way it goes. And it absolutely can, you know, it does work. It can work. Yeah. Um, just for those that have been yo-yo dieting or restricting for a long time, it just takes a little bit, you know, it's a bit of a slow process sometimes. Having said that, I've got a client this week, it just unbelievable you know and after 20 years of of dieting and then it's just this massive shift really quickly so it, it really does depend on the person to be honest yeah yeah mm. so okay so what advice do you have for people who 
yeah, let's say years of dieting have really struggled. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, beating themselves up. They don't know how to actually get the weight off and that, you know, tired and kind of mm-hmm. lacking confidence and motivation and all that. Where do you begin to help mm-hmm. someone like that? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. So um, obviously I begin at the nutrition's point of view. So I definitely yep. look at at what they're eating and how they're eating um, and then I start to unravel their story so um, I begin with really starting to tap into what has led them to this point so I think for people it's really important to, to think back to okay what was happening in my life when my behavior around food started and really start to dig into, okay, what, why was that happening? What did that mean for me? What impact did that have on me? Um, because generally it's interesting, we, we, we pitch our tent at a time when, when trauma happened and we continue that behaviour. So if you were 10 and something happened to you and you started an unhealthy relationship with food that continues, you generally behave that way around food thereafter. So you're probably more like the the child that wants the instant gratification, you know, or you might be a teenager and, and it's, it's a rebellious thing for you around food. So it's really interesting to see when, in fact, in your life, something may have triggered it um, and, and starting to work through that. Um, but, but having said that, the first place I start around it is the embodiment piece that we talked about before. Mm. Um, so getting people first into their body. And then, and then starting to unravel the story. And then, you know, for some people, it can be a big story. And for others, it's, it's not, you know. It, it, it really is dependent on the person. Um, every plan I have for my clients is different um, because everybody has a different story. So um, it, it just depends on what you're going through. But it's, it is really important to be able to learn to become observant of, of why you're doing what you're doing, you know, when you start to binge eat or emotionally eat or overeat, actually be able to take a moment and ask yourself, okay, what's triggering this? Why am I doing this? Do I need this? Does something happen today that's triggered this? Um, is this the best choice for me? You know, and really start to become aware of, of, of the actions you're taking. And then you can start to actually shift that behavior. Awareness is the first stage and then you can choose again you know um lots and lots of different techniques and processes around that yeah but yeah awareness is a good place to start I love that too and we're going to wrap up soon because honestly I could talk to you for this will have to be part two of this podcast (laughs) so fast um but the only the the last thing I want to touch on is just in terms of Mm. creating that shift so when you've been on this Mm. dieting thing and this hustle hustle go Um, And all of a sudden Mm. you actually start listening to your body. Mm. I feel like that, even that thought, I'm kind of like, because, you know, I've been told, don't eat this, don't do this. But like I say, Mm. you know, but then my body's like, no, we want to eat an entire tray of roasted pumpkin. That's Mm. what we want. (laughs) How do you actually begin to navigate that? You know, actually, I guess some of the the fear around it, Mm. like when your body says, I want this, or your body says, for example, I want rest right now Mm, mm -hmm. and you're like oh but I've got to do this and and all that kind of stuff it's like I think I feel like it's a huge shift to go from your head effectively to your own intuition 
Yeah. Would that be yeah. Say? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a big shift. It's a hard shift. Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, take it in small steps. You know, it's not something that you're going to go from, you know, here to here in five minutes. You know, it's really, really small. What I say to my clients is, you know, we're doing baby steps. These are baby steps because if, if you were to do it all in one go, you'd just be so overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's about, it's about slowly learning to accept and appreciate that guidance and that wisdom. We're going, okay, I do really feel like a whole tray of roast pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are you won't be able to eat it all. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can give yourself permission to sit down and, and, and eat whatever it is that you are feeling. But really it's about... Um, asking yourself what you're feeling and why you're feeling it um, first and foremost, and then um, making a decision that does feel good for you. Now, you know, with rest, often if we're really feeling like we need to rest, we really do need to rest. <laughs> so I'm all about, you know, power naps, taking yeah. 10 minutes out and not, you don't even need to go to sleep, you know, just shutting your eyes. But again giving yourself that permission to look after yourself is is so critical um so it's it's very small steps and small changes over time um because you're shifting your mindset mm. essentially which, which is a tricky thing so it takes practice definitely takes practice yeah um and and letting go of the control yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Amazing. okay cool yeah. so last question for you um mm. what advice would you go back and give 15 year old you oh god <laughs> <laughs> um what advice would i give my 15 year old self um i think the biggest thing if i could have learned that back then is to actually believe in myself have the confidence and belief in myself that I was good enough mm. because I think I, I struggled a lot with that and didn't ever feel good enough. So um, it was this constant search to be good enough and to be perfect, you know, and to do yeah. everything right um, and to control. <laughs> and so, you know, then when I got into an environment like Germany, which was so foreign and so out of my control yeah. and so not perfect and the fear of not, you know, um, believing in myself was massive. So I think hence my eating my way through <laughs> the year. So I think, yeah, if I if I knew that, now you know that would have been great if I knew what I knew now back then yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing yeah awesome well thank you so much for your time and your expertise today I've learned a lot I got a lot of notes <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome no problem awesome <laughs> cool. thank you well, and I would love to have you back as well I reckon there'll be a lot of questions and things that will come up for people after yeah this for sure yeah, for sure. It's ama to. amazing, amazing work that you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. And I will see you soon. Yeah. Awesome. We'll see you soon. Okay, Take you. care. Bye. Bye.